As God's messenger, I give each of you God's warning. Be honest in your estimate of yourselves. Just as there are many parts to our bodies, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of it, and it takes every one of us to make it complete. For we each have different work to do, so we belong to each other, and each needs all the others. God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. Are we getting the ring out of there? Does the ring on the finger and the bell on the toes and the book of your nose? Remember that race? Remember that race Stevens song? Ahab the Arab? Great song, classic. <laughs> Let me see, how do you make a transition from there to predestination? Let me tell you about predestination this morning. Predestination defined is God's idea that affects individuals into God's ideal. Now let me say that again. We are getting the ring out of there. Now can you turn it down just a little? It is God's idea that affects individuals into God's ideal. Let's take that bit by bit. First of all, I want you to know that when God made this world, He didn't just make it and step back. That God had a plan. Now I know you've heard that before, and I know that probably most of you believe that. But how many of you think of that and His plan in connection with your own lives? God has a plan. The whole Bible talks about it. In the very beginning, God derives order out of chaos. That's just the beginning of His plan. And as the Bible further develops, you can read in the epistles of Paul and in the rest of the Bible that God has a purpose through which he is working, by which he is claiming us to himself. In the 8th chapter it says, for in all things, now listen to this, in all things, God is working for good with those who love him according to his purpose according to his purpose that is to say that there is nothing in in this world that can happen without there being something good come out of it for those who love god and are called according to his purpose that's us in second timothy it says god saved us and called us with a holy calling not because of our own works, but because of His own purpose. God has a purpose for us. God has a plan for us. And we've got to believe that. If you don't, if you don't believe in a God that is big enough to have a plan for your life, then you don't believe in a God that's big enough. Let's pretend you're going to hire a coach. And you go down to the football field and the coach comes strolling on and all the boys come out 
And they say, okay, boys, what's our first play? And the coach says, hey, you guys, I mean, you guys are, you guys can think for yourselves. Just go out there and get organized and toss the ball around and I'm sure you'll do good. Would you hire him? What about if you had a basketball coach and at the beginning of the game, all, all the team came together and, and they said, okay, coach, how do we play? Oh, whatever, you know. Gee, you guys just go out and work the ball around. Work the ball around a little bit and, uh, and, uh, and try and get it in the hoop. <laughs> Please, no comments about center row basketball. <laughs> they won last night. Would you hire him as a coach? Of course you would. If you wouldn't hire somebody like that as a coach, why worship somebody like that as a God? God has a plan. And his plan is not only to come out victorious, which happened on Calvary 2,000 years ago, and is cemented for all time. God's plan has plays that involve you. There are certain things you are designed to do that you are predisposed to do, that is in your genetic makeup and now in your environment that God wants you to do, specifically you. Nobody else can do them, just you. He has a plan. God's idea, the Bible says, for those whom he predestined, that's you. He also called, that's you too. How come you think you're here today? Did you, did you, did you come here just because you love to jump up on Sunday morning and get dressed? And tell the kids, get the toothpaste out of the toilet bowl. Do you love that? Hey, you need help if you love that, boy. No. Do you love just to come and, and, and get out in the cold? Doesn't it feel good to have that first blast of air in your face? No. You're here because something inside you, whether weak or strong, has urged you to come. Those whom he predestined, he also called. Called to what? Called to learn about what he made you for. God made each one of you people special. You can do things I can't do, and I can do things you can't do. God has done that through our genetic makeup. The Bible says, I knew you when you were in the womb, when I knit you together in the womb. He had a purpose for us. And through our environment. You know, for those of you who study biology, you know those are the two things that make up for genetic differentiation. One is heredity, that, those genes inside of us that are different, that make us different than anybody else. The other is our environment. That is also important for our differentiation. You can take fruit flies with the same genetic makeup and put them in different environments, different temperatures, and their wings will develop differently. So it's not just our genes, it is our environment that God affects us and helps us to differentiate ourselves with one another. 
It is a great relaxation to you. Here's a message from God for you this morning. That you don't have to know how to do everything. All you have to know is what you do well. The Bible says that we need each other because we can't do everything. But because each of us can do, quote, certain things well. And what we need to do is find out what they are. Now, I know this comes as a great shock to you because some of you all like to believe in the old adage that we were all raised with, hey, you can be anything you want to be. Take a good look at yourself. There are certain things we weren't designed to be. I, I, I got a tremendous shock one day in the 10th grade in history class. Milton Mon, who was our reserve football coach, uh, uh, was the teacher, and we were discussing the Constitution of the United States. You know that part in there says, all men are created equal. He looked at us and he says, now what does that mean? Does that mean that all people can do things equally well? We said, yeah, man, sure. Give them the same, everybody can do the same stuff. He said, well, look at them running. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me finish. <laughs> you make me feel bad. You gotta hurt my feelings. He said, look at him. He said, you think he's gonna re ever replace Gene Hickerson on the Cleveland Browns? Gene, Gene Hickerson, by the way, is the Detroit fans with a, with a guard on the Cleveland Browns. That was the position I played in the line on our football team. You think he'll ever replace Sam Huff, linebacker, the New York Jets, or New York Giants? They didn't have the Jets yet. You think he'll ever replace Sam Huff as a middle linebacker? Never really went. <laughs> I went. <laughs> he was right. For the first time I looked at myself, five, six, 150 pounds, I don't care how determined I am or how bad I am. If I walk on a pro football field today, I'm going to get crude. I got to face up to it. I am not genetically predisposed to be a pro football middle linebacker. The spicy point, did you guys see that game yesterday? <laughs> Whoa, they were hurting one another. Oh man, the one guy just ripped that guy's helmet off and threw it at him. Oh, oh, anyway. <laughs> there are certain things we are not predisposed to do. And we've got to realize that. But there are other things that we are predisposed to do. I would love to say the prayer before a game. Anybody got any pull strings that they can pull? I'd, say, I'd like to say a few words before this prayer. <laughs> Give them a 20-minute sermon. I'd love to do that. And I could do a good job of it. That's my genetic and environmental differentiation and predisposition. God knit me together for certain things and helped me develop into a certain kind of purpose so that I wouldn't have to do all things well, but that I could do what I did very well. He's done the same thing for you. Does predestination mean that you don't have to participate, that things are foreordained, therefore, no matter what you do, they're going to come true anyhow? Not at all. 
God predestined us in order to affect us as individuals. God depends on us. In the 27th chapter of Acts, it talks about Paul riding on the ship, and they're taking him prisoner, and they're taking him to Rome. <coughs> and this terrible storm comes up. Boom. This terrible storm comes up. And everybody thinks they're going to die. Everybody quits eating, they're getting seasick, and it lasts for days and days and days and days. And an angel gives the Apostle Paul this vision, and this vision says, everyone will be saved on this ship. And Paul believes him. Of course, when God gives you a vision, you believe him. And so the storm goes on for a couple more days, and the ship seems to be drifting into shallower uh, uh, waters. They, they tested it's 120 feet, they tested it's 90 feet, and then some people decide that they're going to fake like they are letting down the anchors, only they're really going to let down a lifeboat and escape, get off the, get off the ship. And Paul sees them, and he tells the centurion, he says, don't let those people get off this ship, because God has given me a vision that everyone on this ship will be saved, but we all got to stick together. So the centurion goes and cuts the rope, and the lifeboat goes drifting away, and after a couple of days, they run across the sandbar, they all jump into the water, they swim, swim towards shore, and they are all saved. Now God gave Paul this vision that all people would be saved. Does that mean Paul doesn't have to do anything? Of course not, because God was depending on Paul to do what he knew Paul would do. And that is to keep everybody on board and make sure that God's vision came true for that ship. You know what? God has the same vision for this church. God has a vision for this church, and I've seen it. God has a vision for this church, but that doesn't mean we don't have to do anything. What that means is that we have to take the responsibility God has given to us and do the things that we can specifically do. He enables individuals. He affects individuals into the ideal. And what is the ideal? The ideal. God's idea affects individuals into the ideal. The ideal is the church. You disappointed in that? God's plan is that everybody use these gifts for the church. Because that was his plan from the beginning of time. Read your scripture. The gifts are given for the upbuilding of the body of Christ. The body of Christ has these needs. That's why we need each other. That's why we contribute what we have. Because we are doing it for the body of Christ. God had a vision from the very beginning that his church would be called and his church would be holy. God had a vision from the beginning that there would be a society within a society that could operate out of love, that could specifically follow God, that would specifically follow or to uh, dedicate themselves to honoring God. That was God's vision. When Jesus Christ looked at Peter that one day and said, Peter, blessed are you. 
on you I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He unveiled God's final vision for this world. He unveiled what was ideal. What God had hoped would be the environmental differentiation. Would make us into what we should be environmentally. God's church. In Ephesians, it says God gives us gifts for the building up of the body of Christ. You know, a church is not just a man-made institution. It is a God-given organization. It is the body of Christ, the Bible says. I know that there are a lot of churches that are sick and that there are a lot of churches that don't function well. And I know that there are a lot of parts of my body that might be sick and that don't function well. But I know also they're still a part of my body. And I know God's vision is for his church. I know that a lot of you can say to me, hey, a person can be a good Christian and never go to church. Let me tell you something. That's wrong. That is not God's vision. God's vision is for his church. That's his plan. It is very clear in the scripture. And I realize that church is not always fun and games, but I also realize that we cannot be Christians and stay away from the body of Christ. It's impossible. It's a good idea, but it's not God's idea. It's not even a good idea. It's a man-made idea. It's an excuse. When we serve the church, we serve Christ. When we give to the church, we give to Christ. That's God's vision. That's the plan he has for us. And when we put in what we need to put into the church, it's so that other people can come into the kingdom of God. And where is the kingdom of God? Right here. The kingdom of God is within you. It is his church. That's God's ideal, and that's what we're working for, and that's what we're laboring for. I know a lot of you have this image of church like, yuck. I always have this image of church like, yuck. Everybody there is not like me. I know all of that stuff. But the neat thing about God's vision is the more you entrust yourself to his vision, the more he reveals to you that people there are not only like you, they need you and they're your thinking. I'll tell you one more story, and we've got some very practical things to take care of. Um, my mother-in-law had this neighbor, Juanita Porter. She's a marvelous lady. And she was telling the story um, this past week that her daughter called her up, Rachel, called her up, and one of her daughters, and, and said, Mom, we were out, me and Russ want to take you out for something. And Juanita was uh, just, you know, not into it. She had, a, she had a bad day, she had a headache, and she just wanted to, but she didn't want to offend her daughter. So she said, okay, so, uh, you know, we'll go. So she said, good, we'll be by to pick you up such such time. So Juanita gets dressed, you know, and, and, and she goes out and gets in the car, and she says, where are we going? And they said, Indianapolis. She said, Indianapolis. Ah, but she stopped right in the middle because she said, no, 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 no. 
And this is one of my daughters. They're being nice to me. I need to go along with the program. So she said, oh, this is really nice of you guys taking me out. So they drive up to this fancy restaurant. I forget which one it was. And the Mater D or whatever it is. I have no class. <laughs> I know the I know the manager of McDonald's, but I don't know what to call I got no class of anyhow. The place is packed. He leads them to this table that has three places left. It's a huge table. And everybody's sitting there reading their menu and she's thinking to herself, not only do I come all the way to Indianapolis, I'm inadequately dressed. I have a headache, I don't really want to do that, but they sit me at a table with a bunch of strangers. I can't even eat with my family. And they're so hungry, they won't even take their heads off the menus. They sit down, and on a given signal, all of the menus come down at the same time to reveal her family that is driven from all over the state just to have supper with her. Churches like that. When you're just coming in and you don't feel like it, you feel like, oh, God, i got to go do it with a bunch of strangers. But we're family. And the more you get in, the more the church bulletins come down and you recognize one another and you see how you've needed each other and how everyone is needed you. And I want to do something practical. Because God's faith is not a philosophy living reality. That's why he's put it here in this earth in a church. I want to take um, certain things well inventory. Ushers, would you start handing those out, please? When you get these, put your name at the top, please. It's really frustrating to get one of these back without a name at the top. I want you to take a look at this. And I want you to check those things that you believe you'd like to do for the Lord. We don't want to trust anybody's arm. This is not a manipulation for a church. Believe me. This church could live very well by itself just as it's doing until the Lord comes again. But this is going on toward perfection. The Bible says... The Lord needs each one so the body of Christ can be complete for the others that wait to come into the kingdom of God. You see, God does not send people to the church who need the church if the church is not ready for them. God will not send people here if the church is not conducting Bible studies to teach them the word. God will not send people here if the church is not ready to care for them. God will not send people here if the church can't help them discover their own gifts to give and honor him. That's what we do this morning. We're going on for perfection. So look at this. Listen to the song. These songs are great, you guys. Listen to the songs these guys are going to sing. And take your time and fill that out, dedicating to the Lord what you'd like to give him.